When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So um, at some point, you're going to exit your business. At some point, your clients are going to exit their business. So today, we're going to, we have an expert. We're going to discover how to exit well, okay? We don't want to just exit. We want to exit well. What do we need to do to prepare ourselves? And then once we know what we can do to prepare ourselves, how do we prepare our clients to successfully um, exit their business? So today, I'm very pleased to have Chris Vanderzyden on uh, the call with us. And very excited to have an expert in the um, exit field. So, Chris, welcome to the show. And if you would just give us a little of your background and why you talk about this. Sure. Um, thank you. Thanks, Tom, for having me. Uh, I am a, a past recovered CPA myself, and uh, I also am a partner with Legacy Partners. What we do is we create master exit plans and help privately held business owners in the middle market execute that exit strategy. Um, I'm also the author, um, as you know, of Master Your Exit Plan, which is a book on how to sell a business and preserve their legacy. And uh, so we we are consultants for privately held business owners in the middle market. That is awesome. So let's start right out with it, Chris. Um, so we all know that at some point we're going to die. We all know at some point we're going to exit our business. We don't know when we're going to exit that business, right? Some of us want to exit as soon as possible. Others like me seem to want to do it until we drop dead. So that the question is, when do you start? When do you actually start planning that, that exit strategy? Yeah, in my ideal world, a business owner would create their exit strategy as soon as they're, they're building their business plan, right from the beginning. Uh, because as you're, as you're building that business, you're making critical decisions that are either building value or not. And if you're going to pour all your, your, your capital, your sweat equity, your focus into building a business, uh, if, you, if you have the end in mind, you're going to build it purposely and cognizant of building value so that when you do exit your business, and you're right, everybody's going to exit their business one day. Nobody gets out of this life alive with their business going with them. <laughs> it's true. So whether you, whether you're going to exit now, you know, and in, in shoot for a, a few short years or down the road, um, it's better to to prepare for it right from the get go, so that when you do exit your business, whatever that exit strategy is, you're positioned that it can be executed seamlessly. So, what is it? Um, if you would just you know, what are the components of an exit plan? What does that that even mean to have an yeah. exit plan? Yeah, that's Tom, that's such a great question because everybody thinks an exit strategy is something that we think of right when we're going to sell the business and it's very transaction focused. 
you know, all of the advisors out there, attorneys, CPAs, uh, you know, it's estate planners, risk mitigation, insurance people, they're thinking of that transaction, but a true master exit plan is much more comprehensive. Um, so it looks at the business owner, not only from the business, taking into consideration the business, but also their personal considerations. So what it does is it aligns a business owner's business, personal, and financial goals. And so here at Legacy Partners, we create a master exit plan that has six distinct components to it. All right. Well, we're dying. I mean, I'm dying to hear the six components. Yeah, like, you, what do you, you, do? you just set that up. And you know, accountants, we hear a number, we want to hear the number. I know, right. Like, let's, let's bullet point it and number it out, right? Um, so we always start a master exit plan by understanding what is the value of the business today? So we do evaluation. And most of our clients, their goal is going to be to exit by selling to a third party. That's the vast majority of business owners right now because they know it's where they can get their highest ROI. So we want to understand the value from an M&A perspective. So that's the first step, understanding what the value of that asset is. It's probably, in most instances, the largest asset that a business right. owner has in their, in their financial plan. So that's step number one, understanding exactly. the value. So, okay, so yeah. let's, let, I'm going to dig into that just a little bit. Sure. Um, so my theory is all investments are based on cash flow. The, their value is based on cash flow. So when you look at a business and you look at their cash flow, realizing that some businesses, for whatever reason, um, some businesses have uh, a higher multiple of that cash flow than others, just like some stocks have a higher PE ratio than others. What is it that makes that, that uh, ratio higher. In other words, what, what makes a business have a higher multiple of that cash flow? Okay. It's one thing to create the cash flow. We, we need to do that and we need to establish the cash flow, but what creates the higher multiple of that cash flow? Cause that's really where the valuation comes from, right? That, well, you know, you're right. We do a quantitative analysis and that's based on cash flow, maybe doing a discounted uh, cash flow analysis, um, a real thorough, you know, we do a, a heavy lift uh, valuation, but beyond the quantitative is the qualitative analysis. And that's the answer to your question. So if I have two businesses in the same industry and we come up with a valuation, that valuation sets as a range. And sometimes we communicate value in a range of multiples, but you never set a selling price based on multiples. We can talk about that. But you set a range. Okay. Your business is somewhere between six and eight times multiple. So, so how do, what, what's the difference between the two businesses in the same industry? And those are the qualitative factors. All of those key drivers that that drive the value of a business, such as, you know, customers, supply chains, depth of your, your management team, the people that you have appropriate placed in your in your business, use of technology um, in the business. Those are the things, qualitative characteristics that move that business to a higher valuation. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So number two. Yeah. Number two. So when we do the quantitative and qualitative analysis, of course, we're always going to find weaknesses in the business, right? We do a SWOT analysis and then we find the weaknesses. Maybe there's too much customer concentration in a business. Most uh, investors don't want to see more than 15% of the revenue coming from one uh, customer, of course, because sure. if they lose that customer, you've devalued the business. So, so there's an example. We've got too much customer concentration. So, so it, we create step two, an optimization plan. So what are those strategies and tactics that you could deploy in the business to increase the value, looking at those weaknesses of, of what we call the drivers of a business? One of the most common ones in privately held businesses is it's too owner dependent. 
-hmm. If I can't take you out of the business and that business will seamlessly move along and grow, that's a, that's a considerable weakness. And there are things that we can do to, to optimize and take, optimize the business and increase the value by taking care of that. Yeah, I think that would be especially true in a consulting firm, like a CPA firm, right? Absolutely. Where, where the um, relationship is with the owner. I see so many times when uh, CPA firms uh, don't even let uh, their staff talk to the clients. So, so, so really it is very owner dependent. What are, what are just a couple of things that people can do to make it, particularly in a CPA firm to make it less owner dependent? Yeah. I mean, you've got to make sure you've got good management team there. So, so all the partners in the firm are, are sole proprietorship. You have all the relationships with the clients. That's one of the biggest things is making sure that those client relationships can be transferred to the next, the next, the, the staff members. So that if we take that owner out, those staff members already have a good working relationship with the client, include them in meetings. I mean, so they include your staff people in the meetings because you want to, you want to de-risk your business. I mean, that's also used for contingency planning, right? As well. What happens to your practice if you get hit by a car? Just ask yourself that question. What happens to your practice? And is it going to continue to move forward? And who has those, those critical relationships? So a, a lot of, um, particularly CPA owners, um, their concern is, well, if I introduce my, my, my staff, now, not, not me. I mean, I, I actually, we, we actually introduce staff to clients like within the first few weeks that they start, even yeah. if they're starting right out of college. But um, for mo a lot of CPA owners, they're going, well, wait a minute. If I train my staff and I give them the relationship, what happens when they walk away with clients? Because that's the value of the business. Yeah. So, so there are strategies that you could deploy in order to protect yourself from doing that. One of them is employment agreements, you know, and tie them to the business and also having, having good compensation packages so they don't leave. I mean, it's not easy to run a business. I mean, I think a lot of times that's an irrational fear of a business owner that somebody's <laughs> going to walk up and start a business. It's not that, it's not that easy. Most, and, and quite honestly, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Most, I mean, the vast majority of, of Americans do not want to have the responsibility. So, you know, get an employment agreement. Don't worry too much about that. It's more uh, important for you to de-risk it by. I, I I I am totally on that page. Yeah. That page. I uh, I actually uh, work very few hours in my CPA firm, and uh, it, it runs actually much better without me. So, uh, what would be what would be number three? Okay, so the third the third aspect of the the business. So we've taken care of the business, right? So the the valuation, the optimization. Now let's move on to the the business owner themselves. And that third step is to create a personal financial plan. Once we have the valuation and we understand that, you know, potentially the exit strategy will be to sell, uh, we want to do a tax impact analysis on that value and then put it into a personal financial plan. We actually use a goal-based system called Money Guide Pro. I'm sure you're familiar with it if you don't use it yourself for your clients. But that, you know, that's a goal-based plan. It's, it's very, very user-friendly for our clients. And they, they get a picture of this is, this is what, what my, what my potential financial plan could look like if I had a liquidity event, because one of the big decisions for a, mm -hmm. a, a business owner is, you know, when do I sell? Like you and I, I mean, we both, we want to work forever. As long as I can work and produce and help business owners, I have retirement is not on my, it's not my line of sight. And it doesn't sound like it is for you either. So, you know, but if I did, you know, 
what does that look like? Because I have to make a decision as to when mm -hmm. I should sell my business. And what does it mean if I sell my business and, and answer that question? If you sell your CPA practice, what would it mean to your wealth? And then let's weigh out the risk return and help you make that decision. So that's really important that integrating that. that, that that's a hard one um, because, you know, if you, if you do, if you're really successful in your CPA firm, where are you going to make more money? Um, well, yeah. You're really not, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to make more money in the stock market. You're not going to make more money with a new, you're not even going to make more money in real estate. So, you, you know, we always, we all know, those of us that work in the business area all know that the best return on investment is always your business. It's and always. particularly with CPA firm, because it's an annuity, right? We do tax returns, financial statements, bookkeeping every every month, every year. And right. so it's it's a very repeatable, it's a very repeatable um, business. So uh, I think that's a that's a huge factor is knowing, okay, yes, it means I have more time. It is going to mean I have less money, probably. Well, maybe not. In, 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 our, in our practice, when we've looked at our clients, that's never been true um, because we've had a liquidity event. We've been able to invest it. The business owner usually goes off into some, some new role. They, I, I see most, most business owners are really entrepreneurial. They're not going to go off and play a million rounds of golf every, you know, every week. So they go and they, they do something that they're passionate about and they, they consult or they, they teach or they, they, they want, there are other reasons to sell a business beyond finance. So, so, so that, so the, so the return yeah. on investment from that, from that exit is really a supplement. It could, well, it's more about aligning and, and making sure that they have a, they have a good Got next it. chapter, you know? Got it. Yeah. I like that. All right. So what's our, what's our next step? So the fourth one, so you, so now you've valued, you've optimized, you understand the value in your personal financial plan. And then we can sit down once we understand that, we can say, okay, what is the exit strategy? So we create the exit strategy. Now, and there can be all kinds of creative ways to do this. We're working with a client right now. Um, it's a family business. They've owned it for 20 years. They have a son who's working in the business. Sometimes business owners will think, I'm going to hand it down to the next generation. But that often, I mean, the failure rate, as you know, I'm sure is astronomically high. and then on top of it, you know, you can't, if you sell it to the next generation, there's going to be the family discount, right? There's right. always the family discount. So you're not going to get the highest return on investment. And does the next generation have the money to buy the company? And most often they do not. So, but the parents, they want to reward that, that next generation um, to some degree. So right now with this example, with a family business, son is involved. We are selling the business to a private equity group, and we're going to do what's called a recapitalization. So at the close, the family is going to buy back stock. Uh, they're going to take a 20% equity position, and they'll reward their son with that, and he'll continue to work with the private equity uh, group. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So that's like the it. exit strategy, identifying what's right for them. You know, uh, we just had a situation where, where it was $60 million company was going to be handed to the next, um, the, the next generation, a, a brother and a sister. And, uh, you know, we, we explore everything that the client wants to explore. And we sat with the kids and we talked to them, what is it like to, to run a business? What is it like to go through the economic cycles? They're in their thirties. Okay. So our last big economic downturn was 2008. That was a long time ago. These kids were in college still. So they weren't holding the bag, right? On a business. Right. Yep. And so we talked to them about, you know, this is the risk of the business. This is what it takes. And, you know, they came to the conclusion themselves. They didn't want it. So now we're working with an investment bank in Boston and selling that business. Very interesting. All right. Number five. 
Okay, so number five is let's review your estate planning. Ah, I like it. Ah, yes. This is so, an important one. It is, Tom, and you are a tax expert, and you know that we have to figure out ways to mitigate the taxes. So, and we want to make sure that that the every business owner is is properly protected and they have all of it in place. And and I'm sure you know, and certainly the CPAs are listening to the show now, that the majority, and the CPA should know this, they don't often know it. But the majority of their clients are not prepared. Are they're not at all. They're, they're not. Most of them don't even have a living trust, let alone a an estate plan. And uh, and the other thing I find, and 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 yeah. I'm interested in your view on this, is that when it comes to estate planning, estate planning attorneys, for example, they typically leave out the income tax, and there's a huge income tax consequence to estate planning. And so we we have to combine all of that. And I find even rarely CPAs understand both sides of that. Um, so how do you get them to understand, um, yeah. you know, all of those intricacies that go on in that estate and income tax planning? Yeah. So, so we sit down and we review and we don't draft. We're, we're just reviewers. And we actually have an estate planning attorney who's a specialist in it. So we review everything that they have and we make recommendations. And then this is the real key for most of our clients is we hold them accountable. So when they have their master exit plan, and this is one of the reasons we, you started this interview with, when should we start this process? And I said, as soon as you're doing your business plan, why? Because the structure you choose yep. for your company can have for significant sure. impacts upon exit. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah. um, you know, most CPAs would know that you know, if I have a C corporation versus an S corporation, I have a big tax differential there. You know, if I can exit a C corporation, sometimes I can exit tax free. Whereas if I have an S corporation, I'm going to pay tax for sure. You're going to pay tax. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, we, we don't typically think about it. Oh, that's down the road. You know, I'm no, yeah. we need, we need to worry about that right now. Now. Yes. Absolutely. And in advance, if you're going to, if they're going to, if you're going to try to take advantage of the 1045 or 1202, yep. To, to roll yep. or defer taxes, we've got to plan for that and plan for it early. Yeah. So the earlier you do it, the better, the better we are in, in making sure that you're, you're, you're properly protected and positioned. And the other thing we see CPAs, please talk to your clients, buy sell agreements between partners. Yes. I mean, we've got to help them de-risk and they must have a buy-sell agreement. I mean, please tell me it's funded and reviewed periodically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just saw a buy-sell agreement was done 15 years ago when the, the business value was probably, you know, half a million bucks. And now we're up to, right. you know, a $70 million company and the partners and one partner now is not insurable. So oh now, we gotta find, now we got to find a funding mechanism. How are we going to, yep. what's the funding mechanism for the buy-sell agreement? And CPAs can really help their clients de-risk by even pointing out these small things. Absolutely. All right. So we got to hear number six because we're, we're CPAs. We, we, we've heard five. We need a six. Yeah, I know. The six post ownership plan. So we want to be sure that our clients, when they do sell their business, that they're happy because 80% of the businesses that go to market, first of all, are not successful selling. And then of the 20% that do, 75% of them regret selling their business within the first year. And part of the reason- is they had no no understanding or no uh, formalized post ownership plan. What are you going to do to ensure that you have a post ownership plan so that you continue to to remain purposeful and relevant? I mean, you know, you you leave a business. It's, sometimes it's like cutting off a, a left arm. Now I have sold 
two, I'm in my third business that I've built ground up. I've sold two. One of the businesses I sold, I ran for 17 years. I had a transition period. And uh, one day <laughs> my, my emails weren't coming in and I called my assistant and I said, um, call our tech guy because my emails aren't coming in uh, from, from the company that I sold. And my assistant said to me, you're cut off. Your transition was done today. And even though I purposely built wow. this company, right, to sell, is and, and I'm an exit planner, right? I'm an M&A person. It stunned me. And yeah. I always I will always remember that feeling because that's what our, our clients are going to feel. Every single one of them is going to be stunned. It's all exciting. It's exciting to transfer that business. It's exciting to get that liquidity event. But then there's the deafening sound of nothing. Oh, no question. I, I, I sold uh, my first CPA firm. And uh, we sold it to the existing partners and uh, the existing partners turned out, didn't want anything to, they, they want to be them. They didn't want any, anything from me. And I'm just going, wait a minute, this is, you know, it's like, but I built this, right? This is part of me. It's like having a child ripped out and said, no, not your child anymore. Sorry, we're going to raise the child the way we want to. We don't like the way you did it. Um, even though you were incredibly successful, we don't like the way you did it. Um, we don't believe you contributed anything to this business, even though you built this business, right? I mean, you're, it, it, there's, a, there's a huge emotional aspect to it. it. I mean, literally, it took me a couple of years to get over it. It yeah. absolutely, and it's not that I regretted selling it, um, might have regretted who I sold it to. Frankly. Right. There's um, usually, yes, that's one of the common ones is I didn't sell it to the right person or the new, the new investor or a new owner isn't treating my employees the way I treated them. Right. Or they're, they're not treating my clients the way I treated, or, you know, they're treating me like, you know, whatever, you know, what, whatever it is, um, they are going to do different and you do kind of have to sever that time. And I, I get that. How do you, um, one of the things I've uh, I, I, I've read and I think you've said is you don't want to have just one buyer. Why is it so important to have multiple, you know, put it out to multiple buyers? I mean, the problem with the buy-sell agreement is typically that means it's a single buyer, right? I mean, if you're going to sell it to your former part, your, your current partner, for example, then that means that you've only got one potential buyer there. So how do you, how do you deal with that and make sure that there are multiple buyers? Yeah. So first I want to address that buy-sell agreement. That really is um, a buy-sell agreement is um, a document that protects a, um, a partner or a business owner from an unexpected event. And we call them, you know, the- Got the it. So you're not talking about a retirement, no, a retirement situation. No, no, no. That's like one of the, you know, a death or a disability um, in a partnership. It, it just is, it's sort of like, think of it as a prenup agreement. Got it. If, if, if divorce happens, this is how we're going to do it. Right. Yeah, same thing. So, but but in regards to one buyer, no buyer. If if your uh, audience takes anything away from this from this uh, this session, it would be remember one buyer is no buyer because if you don't have multiple buyers, you have no leverage, and you don't know mm -hmm. if you're getting the best price and terms. Terms are very important for the business owner, so you do want to engage in the process properly, and. And go through the process, the MA process, you know, through the, all of those steps. The whole point of a proper process is that you are have you are selling your business through what's called a limited auction, and you're engaging with multiple buyers at the same time, so that you have leverage. 
I love it. I love it. Final yeah. words. Um, this has been fantastic, Chris. Final words for our our audience here. I mean, you know, final words would be, you know, prepare for your own exit because you will exit your CPA business or whatever business you have eventually. And the earlier you prepare, the more successful you will be in, in obtaining your business, personal and financial goals. Do it early and um, and then stay on top of it. I love it. So it's uh, Chris Vanderseiden and uh, the book is Master Your Exit Plan, Sell Your Business, Preserve Your Legacy, um, LegacyPartnersLLP.com. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. And uh, any 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 other materials, anything else that uh, we should be getting from you? Yeah, if anybody wants any help with anything, and we've got a lot of resources um, here in our firm, um, we're happy to share them. So you can also send um, you get on our website legacypartnersllp.com and send us a, send us an email, and happy to to help in any way we can. Awesome, thanks so much. So, uh, you know, just remember that uh, you will always, you're gonna exit your business, your clients are all gonna exit their businesses. So if we understand the basics of exit strategies, if we start planning early, we're always gonna end up with better clients and a better practice and a better life. We'll see you next time, thanks. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.